this morning? Excellent. Good, 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 good. Well, I'm all full of the Holy Ghost now, so I'm, uh, so <laughs> I'll try not to twitch with the Holy Ghost twitch, but I'll, um, yeah. So, last week, we talked about needing to live from God's heart. Live out of the place of God's heart, not our own. Because our heart is limited, but God's heart isn't. So therefore, through God's heart, when God moves our heart, we are able to then go beyond where our hearts are able to go. Okay? We can do more, we can love more, we can, we can achieve and accomplish more. Um, and, but also, God is always specific when he moves your heart. He doesn't just go, doesn't just vaguely do this and that, because in everything God does, there is a purpose. There's a reason why God put an individual in your heart, which is why I, I said to you last week, and for those who weren't here last week, the challenge is, is that we don't just learn to pray for our own families, but we learn to find God's heart for another family or for another individual, because I know there are individuals in the house as well that, that are only represented by themselves. So we must find God's heart for another. Because if you can't find, if we, we stood this morning as one body, as one people, did we not? All together. That has got to be the model of the church. That we stand together and that what runs through ones runs through all. That God's heart is running. And you can see, but the, the difference is, is this, is that when we, see we must, we must learn that we can't just know God's heart, but we must show God's heart. So people, we must, we must, people must be able to see God's heart. And we'll talk a little bit about that um, in a bit. But what God showed me um, a number of weeks ago um, was, because God is good to us. And God, there's a, there's a psalm that we've been talking with the young people for um, all year, which is Psalm 144, where it says, Praise be to the Lord God, my rock, who trained my hands for war and uh, my fingers for battle. Okay? And what that means is that God doesn't ask us to do something without first giving us understanding of how to do it. He trains us. Or if he doesn't train us, he gives us instruction for a season. And there is a pattern and a, and a, and a and I'm not going to give you every single detail because what I'm doing this morning is releasing what God gave to me for us, but that goes alongside everything that we are hearing, have been hearing, and will continue to hear over the coming months. Um, between uh, uh, the leadership team, yeah? So I'm not, this isn't going to be the answer for all things. But I feel like God, what God did was, when we, when, I arrested, when we arrested the fact that, are we really standing and praying as a family? Are we really taking up the call that was asked of us to come and rebuild the walls? Are we, are we actually doing that? And I think we all know the answer to that, which is fine. Because now, because this just shows why God is now saying, right, that's fine, but, you might, your heart might be stirred to now do that, but how do we go about it? And God, I feel God has given us, uh, through the book of Deuteronomy, a passage of scripture. If you turn your Bibles to Deuteronomy 12. God brought some commands and some instructions that will come through this um, that I want to re release to you this morning to help us to understand that if we want to see, 
if we want to see everything in our heart, in God's heart, for us and our families and those that he puts on our heart, if we want to see the results we want to, you know, the fruit we really want to see, then, then God has to give us a pattern on how to do that. Yeah? See, if you, want, if you see a recipe, you go to the one who created the recipe to find out how best to cook it. Yeah? It's a, it's a simple thing. You go to an expert who knows how to do it, who's done it before. And so we need to go to the Father, and God has been good, and give us some instructions. So we're going to go through essentially the whole chapter, but we're not going to read every single bit. We're going to skip bits, and I'll, 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 I'll do that. But I want you just, if you just know, you won't have to move from Deuteronomy, from Deuteronomy 12 this morning. I've made it nice and easy for you. It's all in one place. Is it okay? Um, so you're not going to have to be juggling four Bibles and three pages and, and four bookmarks um, in between that. So, let's start with first point. Good place to start. It says, these are the decrees and laws you must be careful to follow in the land the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has given you to possess as long as you live in the land. Destroy completely all the places on the high mountains, on the hills, and under every spreading tree, where the nations you are dispossessing worship their gods. Break down their altars, smash their sacred stones, and burn their Ashtera poles in the fire. Cut down the idols of their gods and wipe out their names from those places. Quite a specific start. See, as I've said, God is a God of order. So this is why Old Testament is always great to hear instruction because God just lays it out, doesn't he? Uh, you know, we, we've got to say Jesus was, was to the point, but God in the Old Testament, he just like, he just like shoved it in your nose, didn't he? <laughs> there was no messing. And so this is what Lord is saying that there are places in our homes and families where the enemy has taken ground. Okay? In our homes, in our families, that's in the individual, but also in the culture of the house. And God wants us to dispossess and remove his influence in those places. So that is why the scripture, now it might be sickness, it might be, um, it might be idols, it might be a bad culture, it might be contention, it might be something, it might be that life choice, it might be, there's all sorts of things that get into our houses and our lives. And God says it's time to tear them down. Because if we are going, it's time to address them. Because if you're going to pray, then the place that you pray must be conducive, a working environment must be, must, must be set up. Yeah? So that's why the Israelites, the first thing they did was, before they can start to worship their God, they must go in and acknowledge those areas that need tearing down. We must go in, we must look inside our families, look inside ourselves, because, and, and I'll, we'll talk more about this later, but we must start to identify what things that go on in my home are a distraction from Christ being central in my home. What is it? It can be a, a number of things that are physical. If, so, for example, I could say my child's mobile phone is conducive for stopping a, a, a God-out environment. Why? Because he's just on his phone all the time. 
So I'm not talking overly, you know, I'm not talking like look for demons in your closets and stuff like that. I'm talking about we have to acknowledge that there are certain things that go on in, that we've allowed to go on in our lives which affect our ability to have a God-centered environment in our homes. And we must start to address those areas if we are seriously expecting to be able to have homes that are able to be conducive battlegrounds to start to rebuild and pray. Yeah? It's, 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 it's self-reflection. It's, it's understanding what are those... Because also, when you understand where the enemy is, you understand the spirit then, not the action. So you then stop looking at the person, you look at the spirit. It can be addiction, for example. Like, kids are addicted to computer games. They're just on them all the time. Well, that's not... But it, it's, it's, So you can be annoyed at your kids, or you can look at what it is. And we've got to look at it. It's like it's a form of addiction. I've got to, I've got to change it. Because that's, that's the reason why the only thing, you, I mean, typical example in our house. How does, it, how does an argument start in my house? Right, one of them. Jake, your tea's ready. Have you gone out? Jake, yeah, okay, I'm coming in a minute. Jake, your tea's ready. Yeah, I'm coming in a minute. Ten minutes later. I've eaten his tea. <laughs> it's, I'm too busy doing something else, and I get wound up at his doing, too busy doing something else, and all of a sudden we've got an argument before we've even started tea. So you set your home up to have a nice conversation, and before you know it, you're already at war. Well, what's causing that war? How are we going to deal with it? How are we going to address it? We've got to start to look at tearing down these things. Rather than fighting them, start looking at them and start to look at what can we do in our homes physically and, and practically that enable us to be able to create a different environment in our home. I'm going to do that a lot, aren't I? Sorry. But we also have to acknowledge that the enemy has ground in parts of our home. We can all say, no, no, my home was completely perfect. Well, all right then, fair enough. But then, therefore, you don't need to rebuild your home because your home's already perfect. So we must acknowledge, but we must look inside and go, what have I been missing? What have I not looked at? And I've got to start to find a way to tear it down. So that God, so the, so the next thing can come in. So, because, and listen, I'm just going to let you know, everything that I'm saying to you, because I've had this for a few weeks, I've had to look at it in my own family. And I've had to look at it in my own home. So when I say, when I'm saying it, I, I, I've had to go through this, and I am going through it. And just so, just so you know, everything that I've been, everything that we speak as leadership, we are challenged in the same way you are. This isn't we've already got it sorted. Our homes are not in, impenetrable fortresses. We are just like everybody else. So we are going through this together. This is a season that we, as a house, are going through. Is that okay? Just to kind of put that one out there. But this is, for me. The it's huge. In verse in chapter Deuteronomy twelve, verse four and five. You must not worship the Lord your God in their way, but you are to seek the place the Lord your God will choose from among all your tribes to put his name there for his dwelling. To that place you must go. And 
even though we go to this church, we can often look at how other people do things, how other Christians do things, how, other, how, how, how do other churches around the world do things, how, and we can be comparing all the time. God is saying, stop looking at everyone else. There's a time now where, as a house, we must have a unified way in which we go about things. If, we, if God gives us a standard, then everyone must have the same standard, otherwise we'll all get different results. If we do things in different ways and we copy someone else and we're imitating, but God says, I'm giving you a pattern, I'm giving us a pattern to follow for this season. This isn't forever, but this is the pattern that God has set in place for us this season. It's not about what he does for other churches and how they pray and how they go about it. We must look at how God wants us to go about things. But this is the key part. So you are to seek the place the Lord your God will choose to put his name there as he's dwelling. And this is what the Lord said. Every home has to establish a room in which you will meet to bring your prayer and your worship before God. God has to bring, because, because sometimes, oh, I'll just, I'll just pray when I get a chance in my bedroom. Oh, no, I'll just pray when I get a chance when I'm walking to the bus. Okay, that's fine. Now, we're not talking here about your personal devotion. Your personal devotion, you do wherever you want. You, do, you find a way. But we're talking about the family coming together to stand as a family in order to rebuild the family. Does this make sense, yeah? So God is going to choose and lead you to go, this is the place. So for me, it's my living room. So every time we come to the wall to pray about families and about what God's laying on our hearts, it will be done in the living room. Because what we have to therefore, what we have to do is that God says we have to then saturate that place with worship and prayer. Because this is what's going to happen. Because as you keep on going into the same place, into the same, like in this environment, when you walk into the church, you know that this room is a place of worship. Why? Because you worship here all the time. So when you step in, there is already a familiarity. There is already an ability to know this is a place where I worship God. And what God wants to do, because remember, this isn't, we're not just praying for a couple of weeks. This is something that God is doing us for over a period of months. Is that what is going to start to happen? As you saturate that place with worship and with prayer and with petition, then there is a momentum that when you step into the room, the presence of God is already there. So as you walk in, it's already a different atmosphere. But also, it is a conscious decision. To go to a specific place to meet with God. It is a conscious decision that we are, God is asking you to make to go and be. Now, there's, a, there's several reasons why, we, why I chose the living room. Because the TV's in the living room. So, I've got to, so that means Jake can't be watching the TV while Emma and I go and pray. No, the family has to pray because that's the only TV in the house. So everything gets turned off. Now that's for me. Some people, you might only have, a, you, I mean, we have, a, we have a dining room, we have, we have, you could do it in your bedroom. It doesn't matter where you choose. You can do it in your kitchen if you've got a big enough one. People, every home has a different dimension. Do you know what I mean? Some families spend all the time in the kitchen. Some families spend all the time in the living room. Some families spend a lot of time in the conservatory. It depends on what your family culture is like. That's fine. 
But there must be a place that is established that this is our meeting place. This is the place where we go to war for our, to go to battle for our families. This is the place we come. And it's not just the place where mum and dad come, it's the place where the family come. This is the place we've got, I cannot emphasize this enough, this is the place where the family come. So you keep doing this so you will create a momentum in the home where God's presence will be already waiting. You see, a while back ago I talked to you about, is the presence of Jesus Christ in your home? So if you remember, I, I spoke on that. that. You can have a, a house full of Christians, but Christ isn't present in your home. It's very, it's very possible. And when I was in my, obviously I've only been in my home less than a year. So God told me that I had to saturate the presence of God in, in my house. And the, so the place I ended up, the place that always gets, gets used the most is the living room. Because if Emma and I are going to have separate devotional time, one of us will go upstairs, one of us will stay downstairs. So that we don't, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm loud. So I put him off if she was in the next room. So she goes upstairs. So there's at least a, a wall and a ceiling and some carpet between us. Um, but it's also because you need, you need that separate. We pray together, but you also should be praying separately. That's your time with God. But one of us is always in the living room. And when we're on, if the house is empty, I always go in the living room. And there's lots of different reasons, but that's the one. But what I found is, recently, Em and I went to, we, we started to pray together on, on Monday evening about, about all this. I thought, well, I've just preached it. I might as well I'm just make sure I did it. Um, and I started going to, I started to go to this whole, oh, Lord, presence come, da, da, da. And God's like, shut up and just start praying. Stop babbling on about asking my presence to come. The whole point of me saying saturate the presence is I'm already there. I'm waiting for you because I, I've put the time in. And that place is a place where when I walk in that place, I can immediately be inspired by God. In fact, before him and I had started talking, I already had on my heart who I was to start speaking. I didn't know what I was going to pray. I just knew start praying for that person. And then I was inspired to pray. But then I started doing the, almost the ritual of, well, I must ask the Lord to come into the presence. No, God said, shut up. Just get on with it. My presence is already here. Don't give me 15 minutes of pomp and ceremony. To, so, so that, you know, how great. And use all the, you know, the colorful language to say how wonderful God is. Start reading Psalms and poems and stuff like that. Just go in. And that's what he wants us to be able to do. You see, when John, when John wrote Revelation, and immediately I was in the spirit. He didn't say, and after 20 minutes of, of asking God to, you know, for his presence. No, when you start to create momentum in the spirit, every time you walk in with that mindset, immediately your spirit is in, is in there. And the Holy Spirit connects with your spirit, and we go. So this can be a powerful place in our home. A powerful place in our home. And over this period, we must, we must allow God to say, that's the place. Don't, don't pray and fast over it. Don't pray and fast over it, but let God, because God is saying he wants to put his name in a certain place. And in that certain place is where we go. And it says this in uh, verse 6 and 7. There bring your burnt offerings and sacrifices, your tithes and special gifts, what you have vowed to give, and your free will offerings, and the firstborn of your herds and flocks. There, in the presence of the Lord your God, you and your families shall eat and shall rejoice in everything you have put your hand to, because the Lord your God has blessed you. 
So that's pretty good. It is in the place God has chosen to place his name that we must bring our offering and our willing sacrifice. Remember Pastor Tony spoke, or we spoke uh, a few weeks ago about being, there must be priests in the home. Yeah? When we talked about the spiritual, uh, the, the prophetic watchman, we talked about that there must be priests in the home. And what do the priests do? The priests bring these sacrifices and offerings that are pleasing to the Lord. This is the place now where you, by coming and obeying the word of the Lord, by coming together and praying, this is what is pleasing in the eyes of the Lord. And that's why it says you'll be blessed. Everything you put your hand to, everything you pray about, everything you intercede for, because it's the place God has asked you to do it, and you're, and you're giving the right sacrifice in the right place at the right time with the right people, then God will bless what we do. God will bless the prayers, and he will listen and, 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 and respond to that which we put our hands to. I think that's a pretty good promise. But there's this one word talk about it in a minute, but also we must bring what we have vowed to bring. God is asking us in this time, there are certain demands that he's putting on us, but he's asking you what you are going to give. What are you willing to sacrifice? What are you going to vow to God in this season. Because it is a sacrifice to stop your whole family world for an hour and focus on this. It might mean missing your favorite program. I don't know what it is. You know, we don't have Sky Puff anymore, so I can't record anything. So if I miss it, I miss it. But there's more than just that. But we must be aware that there is a, but that there are things that when when you say God, I will do such a thing, He is listening very attentively to what you say. So He's looking for you to bring what you have vowed to bring. And if you haven't vowed to bring something, then you need to, because this is a two-way stream. You can't say, Lord, rebuild my family, but I'm not vowing nothing in case I change my mind. God wants to know: Are we serious? If God's going to move heaven and earth to see what we want to see, then he expects something back from us. It's a, it's a partnership, is it not? So, and his presence as a family of the Lord will bless all that we put our hands to. So, in verse 8 and 9, you are not to do as we do here today, everyone doing as they see fit. Since you have not yet reached the resting place and the inheritance the Lord your God is giving you. So here's the thing. Our families are not yet in a place where, that, where everything is, is wonderful. We are not at the place, the promised land. The Israelites, the Israelites, this was, this, this was given to the Israelites in context before Joshua came on and led them into the promised land, right? So they're not there yet. So God's going, are you there? No. Right then. So therefore, as you're not there yet, so the way you've been doing things hasn't worked fully. So therefore, you need to do it my way, 
not as you see fit. And I think what we must understand is if we're building a wall, just imagine a, a, a wall, right? And I'm David building this side. Now, David's a great sculptor, so I imagine he'll be really good with bricks. So David's this side, and I'm here, and then I've got uh, Dave on this side. And David builds it how he, found, how he likes to build it, and I build it how I like to build it, and Dave builds how he likes to build it. When you try and put the walls together, are they going to match? Probably not. So is that wall going to have strength? No, it's got gaps. Is that wall going to fit? No, there'll be big gaps. Is that wall going to be structurally sound? No, it'll be shaky. See, as we stand, as we stood together as one body, we must go about everything as one body. So God is asking for there to be a pattern that we all do in the same way. Now, yes, we cannot, he's not saying we are, this is not Church of England where we're all going to get a laminated piece of card where we all have to pray the same prayer. That's not what we're saying. You're free to pray and worship how your heart leads you. But the pattern of how we go about it and the principles that we use, we must do this together. This is not, well, I do it, I like to do it this way. That's fine. That's all right. That's your free will. But God is saying, if we want to step into the promised land, if you want to see what your heart wants to see, then we must do it God's way. We must respond how God wants us to respond. We must step in as God wants us to step in. Is that all right? So, right, but in verse 10, it says this. But you will cross the Jordan and settle in the land the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance and will give you rest from all your enemies around you so that you will live in safety. When we pray, we must cross over first of all in our spirits. Right? We must see what the victory looks like. See, if you're praying for your family, and you don't know really what you're wanting to see, then how do you know whether you're getting there or not? If you're just saying, Lord, pray for me family, pray for, pray, pray for Scott and the Higginsons, but you don't know what you're wanting to see, then you don't know whether or not you fit it or not. You don't know whether you've that place or not. So we must, in our spirits, we must see something before we enter it. So we must be very specific. And, and the Lord is saying, I want you to be specific with me. What does the place of safety look like? What does it look like? Because if you don't know what it is that you're trying to see, then how can God meet that need? Does that make sense? We've, so many times we pray, and our prayers actually are quite aimless. You see... For some people, it might be, Lord, I just want all my kids to be saved or to be in church. But you know, your kids can be in church and still lead a rotten life. What do you want to see? I want to see my kids in church, but I want to see them connected to purpose. I want to see their wives connected and husbands connected. I want to see their kids connected to purpose. I want to see them in the house of the Lord serving and using all the God-given gifts they've got. I want to see 
every single member of my family at peace with one another. I don't want there to be any contention. I want there to be peace and harmony. I want our family to be able to get together and there to be peace and harmony in the place. We've got to be specific. I want to see that my child goes from this place to this place. In this season, get specific. And only then, only at that point, then can you appropriately pray the prayer of faith. Because you then can say, now I know what I'm stepping into. Now I know what faith I need to step to see that happen. Because as them said, some of you have prayed prayers before and you've not seen it yet. So it's hard to believe again. But you've got to go out in faith and say, God, that's what I want to see. That's what I feel you're telling me I should be looking for. And then, and then we pray from that place. And we pray from that place of faith that says, God, you've turned every promise in Christ is yes and amen. So I'm praying from that place there. That's the place I'm going for. I'm not settling for second best. Because God doesn't want us to settle for second best. He's doing this so we don't have to settle for second best. So, but, but the responsibility on you is, what do you want to pray? What is the right prayer? What do you want to see? Otherwise, we just pray those prayers that sound good, but they don't get us anywhere. Because we don't actually know whether we could, you could have hit it and you don't know. So, but also, we also cannot just pray, we must also move. And what I mean by that is, before when we said, you can't just pray out of the heart of God, we must also reveal the heart of God. So in this season, God is going to put, is going to ask you to do something when you pray. So if you pray for a relative that you have contention with, you have to go and show that love of God to them. You've got to physically go and do something. There's going to be things that are going to have to change in this process, in you. And that might mean some of you who are quiet and don't like causing trouble, or some of you who don't like bringing, who don't like bring, being in contention, or don't like addressing certain issues, you've got to go and do them. We've got to start to, to outwork this love. It might mean that with another family, you've got to go and show someone. Don't just say, I'm going to pray for you. We've got to demonstrate it. Here's the thing. Imagine the family praying together. So let's just imagine you've got John and Edna. And you've, cause I know, I'm saying this because I know they've got Sajo and they've got Alnassi living at home with them. Think about the difference with this. So John and Edna are praying on their own. Okay? The kids never see him praying. And John says, oh, yeah, yeah, we, we, we pray for you. Oh, that's okay. So that's one element. But John says, come on, kids, we're all going to pray as a family. And those kids are stood there, and they are hearing their mum and dad crying out for them in their presence. They're crying out for them. They are hearing their cry. They're hearing their love. They're hearing their intensity. Tell me that's not going to make have a bigger impact than just telling someone I'm praying for you. There's a demonstration. There will be a connection in the spirit that does something because there's a demonstration of that which we're, we're seeing. And that's why our families must pray together. And it says in the next scripture. Uh, da, 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 or am I getting ahead of myself? I probably am actually. Uh, but that's okay. Uh, yeah, in 12. It says, 
And there rejoice before the Lord your God, you, your sons, your daughters, your male and female servants, and the Levites from your towns who have had no allotted, have no land allotted to them or any inheritance of their own. We've got to do it together as a family. I can't, the Lord keeps, when you read the scripture, it keeps talking. We've got to do it as a family. If you don't have a family, that's not, God's not asking you to make people up. But if you've got mum and dad, go and be with mum and dad. If you've got some, someone who you can partner with, go and partner with someone. But if you have mum and dad and you've got kids, get the kids in the same room. It's time to be together as a family. And let, the, let that place that God has set himself where his, his presence comes in the midst as you pray, not only will your prayers show something to your kids, but the Holy Spirit will begin to transform the heart of you and your children. Something will begin to shake. Something will begin to start to change. Because everything is being done according to God's pattern and in a spiritual dimension. Something's going to change. We've got to believe that something will change. If you don't believe it will change, then the prayer of faith again. Where's the prayer of faith? We've got to learn to pray with faith. Now, I know Jacob's not going to want to pray for an hour. That's fine. But if I can pray for 10 minutes with him, I will do. If it's only 10 minutes and then you carry on, that's fine. But we've got to find a way. Now, I know some, now I'm talking, when, I, when we talk about families, there's two elements here. I'm just going to make it clear. There's the, there's the family unit in the home, people who you live with, and then there's your family, because a lot of you have got adult children who don't live with you. I'm not saying to your non-saved kids, uh, you need to come around to the house. Why? Well, we're having a prayer meeting. <laughs> because it's probably not going to happen. But, you, but for those of us who are in the home, who have families in the home, whoever is part of your home, we must come together. Now, going back to verse 11. We're nearly there now. We're not too far away. Then the place the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his name, there you are to bring everything I command you, your burnt offerings and sacrifice, your tithes and special gifts, and the choice possessions you have vowed to the Lord. So here's that vowing bit. But it says your choice possessions. In this season, God is going to ask you to give some stuff up. God is going to ask you to some things have got to change, some things have got to be given up, some things have got to be put down, and some things have got to be taken on. Now, God is asking us to do this for a season. A season is undefined, but it's a season because God wants to see how serious. But there are certain things that we don't like to put down. So for me, now this is all God-led. One of the ways I like to chill out is I like to play computer games, right? I just switch my brain off. That's my wife. If I'm in a bad mood, I go and stick a bit of FIFA on, put it on easy mode so I can win, go win every game, and I just, I just, I just chill out. My brain turns off because I'm in this fantasy world, and I don't have to worry about it. But what happens is if I spend too long on it, where, when I'm walking around, that's, what I'm in, that's what's in my head. Sometimes you've got to sleep and the images of the screen are on my head. It's also the same with certain TV shows because we've got Netflix now. So you know, like in the, you know, like in, in in normal times, you watch one episode and it says tune in next week, and you've got to wait seven days, and you're like, oh, seven days, oh, can't wait. Well, you don't have to do that now with Netflix. You literally go to the next one, the next one, the next. So you can watch four or five episodes a night. 
So you become totally engrossed in it. But while you're engrossed in that, you're also not doing other things. So there's some stuff you're going to have to give up. Not because you can do your week. You can have your, 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 your hour with God on a Tuesday night or whatever. But if the rest of the week you're focused on something else, and that's what's in your mind, then the things of God aren't in your mind. So God can't continually stir you through the week. So then it's almost like going to church on a Sunday, then forgetting church exists until the following Sunday. You're always coming out cold. You're starting cold. We have got to allow this to become something that God begins to inspire us all of the time. It's a, it's a season we're going into fight. So we don't just do, well, I've done my hour this week. It's not. It's, it's, it's about fighting for our, we're fighting for the people we love the most. And the people that God has put on our hearts to love the most. So we have got to learn that we've, there are things you're going to have to give up. Now, I'm not going to tell you what you've got to give up. But the Holy Spirit, be prepared. The Holy Spirit is going to tell you to give some stuff up. As a, as a symbol that you are serious. So I've got to give up my, my computer games on, when I'm on my own. Now, if I'm doing it as a, as a, as a, a social thing, that's different. Because it's something that I'm doing that's social. My brain's not fixed on it. But when I go into my little manager mode, I really am the manager of my football team. I do interviews in the shower. I do interviews. I, I talk about transfer rumors. I, I am the man. You know, I'm, 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 you're of a different generation to me, so some of this doesn't make sense. But trust me, it's real. <laughs> it's really real, honestly. Um, <laughs> but it's a distraction. Anything that will take us away from this is a distraction. It's, but it, there are things that are unhealthy in our lives that God is saying, you're going to have to take it up or you're going to have to put it down. Or something's going to have to change. So, I, now, so that means it's going to hurt a bit. It's like going on a diet. You know it will be good in the end, but it hurts a bit when, you, when that first week when you can't have your chocolate bars. But God is coming to us and saying, look, guys, this is the pattern that we've got to go through. It says again and again and again, you must, you must be willing to give me your free will offering. And whatever you vow to me, give it up. Place it on the altar. Now, very quick, because I am late. I do apologize. Oh, it's only, I've only got a few minutes left. So I'm going to try and get through this before the end. But it says here in verse 13 and 14, be careful not to sacrifice your burnt offerings anywhere you please. Offer them only at the place the Lord will choose in one of your tribes and there observe everything I command you. So, so again, it repeats the same, it just repeats again that the Lord is waiting in the place he chooses to reveal his truth to you upon you, which you give your sacrifices. The Lord is looking for genuine sacrifices. He's not looking for pretend ones or ones that make you look good. It's about ones that are going to really make a difference and show God that your heart is genuinely for him. But it says here, be careful not to neglect the Levites as long as you live in your land. And this is where God said about other families. Sometimes our families always are always gonna, our families are always going to be the first thing on your mind because that's, that's normal. But in this season, if you spend 45 minutes of your time, if we're assuming everything's an hour, 
on your family and then just as a side thought, spend a couple of minutes, 10, 15 minutes on the other family that God's put on your heart, that's not doing what God's asked us to do. Part of the training is this, is that we spend and we are as passionate about whoever God has placed on your heart as you are your own family. This is, this is, this is what, I, couldn't, I can't tell you how strongly I felt that. And I have got to be honest with you, when Em and I have started to pray, of recent, we have been more passionate about the other family we're praying for than we have of ourselves. Because that's just the way God's stirring us at the moment. And you've got to be led all of the time by how God stirs your heart when you pray. It's got to be, everything's got to be stirring. So don't just come up with a list. Have, 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 have some points that, that, that you feel are important right now. When you're with the Levites, when you're with your other family, you've got to know what, they, what they're aiming for. They've got to know what you're aiming for, and, I've, and you've got to know what they're aiming for, so that our prayers can be accurate and be effective. Don't just say, Lord, bless them. Lord, help them. Bring them closer to family. That doesn't help, which is why you have to be open to them, and they have to be open to you, which is why it has to be God-ordained, because you don't just give that stuff up to people that you don't know. Now, just someone asked me a question last week. What if you feel prick? What if you feel... God said, for example, that um, Brenda and Elijah, that they feel really, really, really um, sort of strong that they want to pray for Jenny. But Jenny doesn't feel the same thing. She's got it for someone else. Right? I believe genuinely that if every single person in this house genuinely is asking the Lord who it is to put on their heart, that God, as soon as you hear that someone wants to pray for you, your heart will immediately respond, yes. God might put you, someone, else, someone else on your heart, that's fine, you're allowed to do that. But the person that we asked, them and I asked, that we, that we said God wants to pray, on, pray for you, their hearts were immediately, absolutely. And the more we started to pray, talk, the more they realized why God had done that. So I don't, believe, I don't, don't be looking for someone else to be like, I choose you too. Because I don't, but if somebody prays for you, Tell you what, that means God's told someone to pray for you. How cool is that? So as long as you respond in that same heart, and remember, all of us are accountable with what we do, with what God has, has put on our hearts. So this, ha- this whole time, I really feel God is saying, you are accountable in everything that the Lord is commanding us. We together as a house are accountable. We all follow the same pattern, we go the same way. But we must be accountable with that which God gives on our hearts. In verse 20, when the Lord your God enlarges your territory as he promises and you crave meat and say, I would like some meat, then you may eat as much as you want. The Lord will increase your territory. You know why? Because I believe what will start to happen as we begin to take this seriously and we meet in the place God tells us, we sacrifice the things we're going to sacrifice and we begin to pray out of the spirit of God. I believe it will not be long before testimony starts to flow out. Yeah? Come on. Let you, I believe testimonies will begin to flow. And as the testimony begins to flow, faith will begin to rise. And your faith and what you believe God can do will begin to enlarge. You'll go, God, well, you've already done that. And you've already done that. Now, now what else can we go for? And your God will say, now I can enlarge your territory. You can pray for more. You can pray bigger. You can pray, you can pray more adventures. Why? Because your faith is now growing. Because every testimony is raising the faith again and again and again. This is how I believe our families are going to be completely transformed. 
God is, want, is, is giving us where we, where we can handle right now. You know, the, the Jesus says in John 16, there is so much more that I want to say to you, but you can't bear it right now. If God tells you all the things you want to go on right now, some of you won't be able to bear it. But after three or four testimonies where, and your faith is being, you now begin to see the reality of what God can do, then your heart will be ready to receive it. And God can enlarge the place of your tent. Amen? Getting near the end now. Uh, now, be, but be sure, verse 23 to 25, be sure that you do not eat the blood. Because the blood is the life, and you must not eat the life with the meat. You must not eat the blood, pour it out on the ground like water. Do not eat it, so that it may go well with you and your children after you, because you will be doing what is right in the eyes of the Lord. In this time, you must not let anything unclean enter into your mouth. Because it will contaminate everything. This is hard because... If you want your prayers to be effective, we've got to constantly come to the altar with the right sacrifice. If we allow our hearts to be contaminated. Now listen, when you're trying to build bridges, sometimes people knock you back. When you're trying to go for something that your heart's wanted for so long, and you're putting your heart on the line, sometimes your heart can get hurt. Okay? But I believe the Lord said we must keep our hearts clean and pure. If we allow something that can contaminate our heart, that's why it said, take everything out of your house. That is of another God. That is, that is that would bring that would reduce the effectiveness the effectiveness of what God wants to do in this season. We must keep our hearts clean. We must be very aware of offence. We must be very aware of all of the things that, that cause our hearts to be crippled, because that's how God is going to remove remove them permanently, remove offence from your family, remove those hurts, remove those pains, remove those barriers. This work is not just about your family. You are part of your family. You are one of those that need work on you. That's why you've got to be willing to give stuff up. That's why if every member of your household is having to give something up, everyone gets touched. It's not just you praying for your family, because your family are also praying for you. Do you see what I mean? It's everyone is affected. So we must, we must be very conscious that when we come to the altar, we can't come out of anger. We can't come out of frustration. We can't come out. Now, that's fine. You can, you, can bring to, you can bring a heart before the Lord with his altar and say, I'm frustrated and I am angry. But that's different than being angry at God when you pray. Being frustrated at God. Direct it towards God doesn't work. It contaminates you, contaminates the source, contaminates your family when they're hearing it. But you bring a heart that is frustrated before God, that's different. God will touch it and heal it. God will take it away. God will give you direction. God will give you understanding. Is that okay? So I just felt the Lord, this I really felt that when, when I read that, because I, I was pondering thinking, God, what on earth do you mean by the blood? Spit the blood out. Don't, don't have the blood. I'm thinking, what are you going on? And then he started to talk about the contamination. But it says, do not eat it so that it may go well with you and your children after you. Because I believe what we do now is going gonna, is gonna to be a pattern for our children the next generation. We break this now. We break through now. And it won't just benefit us, but it will benefit the generations beyond us. Our kids are at risk of being lost to the world. But we break 
we break this now and we change the course of, a, of, of our of generation for generation. You know, we've got to be willing to believe that God will do that. Uh, right, let's just finish. And But the one warning God did say was this. The Lord your God will cut off before you the nations you're about to invade and dispossess. But when you have driven them out and settled in their land. And after they have been destroyed before you. Be careful not to be ensnared by inquiring about their gods. Saying how do these nations serve their gods and we will do the same. And I felt the Lord say this. Once you start to see victory, once you start to see testimony, once we start to, to start to overcome these things, we cannot then go back to old patterns. The whole point of God doing this is that it's hard at the beginning. But then as we begin to see God actively bring results that are, that are changing everything about our families in a God-centered way, why would we then go back? But somehow... Who's ever remembered, and we've, we've all been like this, you hear that someone's critically ill, don't you? So what do you do? You pray with intensity, don't you? And you go at it really hard, and you really, really pray, and you put all your faith, and then you hear the better, and then you stop praying with intensity. Is that right? God is saying, the pattern at which we are, I'm showing now, the pattern at which God is bringing forward in our heart is not just it's not just so it changes our families but it's so it then we continue at that level because then when we've learned the pattern how to build our own families that pattern now can go beyond the church because that's the ultimate aim it's not just about us it's so that we know the pattern and we've lived the pattern we felt the pattern we've done all of this we paid the sacrifices and we've seen the victories so now we know how to bring others into the same freedom that's what God wants to do. And it says at the very end, in verse 32, See that you do all I command you. Do not add or take away from it. So come on, let's just stand together. I'll try, what I'll do is I'll get, um, I'll put all this down, because there's a lot that I went through this morning. There's a lot. And there's more that I could have said. Um, but I'll try and put it down, send out an email, so you've got time to read it and digest it. But the things I want you to take away this week, that as you are praying, you must continue to pray that another family is put on your heart. Because God says, do not neglect those others. We must find a place in your home. Can we all, can we all do that? Yeah. Say, find a place. Say, find a place. Find a place where God can dwell in my home. We must use that place. Find that place. For me, my sacrifice, we will turn every electronic device off apart from the light. And this is going to be where we'll do it in our, in our living room. So when you walk in our living room and you get healed, don't be surprised. <laughs> but that's what it should be in every Christian home. There is, when you walk into that place, the presence of God is so strong. It's so powerful that it enlightens you. That you're sitting there watching the telly and all of a sudden the Spirit of God will start to speak to you. And you'll suddenly, and you'll start to write things down. Revelation and understanding will start to come. Worship will break out. Freedom will break out. Peace will break out. 
This is, this, is, this is a supernatural household. This is what it looks like. And we want to build a supernatural church and a body of people. So we must do this. Go before and say, God, what do you want me to sacrifice? What do you want to see? Don't just say, well, this is what I'll give. What is the sacrifice God's looking for in your life? Because you, your chances are you'll probably already have an idea because you'll not want to admit that that's what God wants you to give up. But it's how much do you want to see God transform your family? How much do you want to enter that land that God has promised you? How much do you want to see that your family lives in safety? The promise was given to the Israelites. And you know what? They didn't tear down the Astro Pole. They didn't. They stayed. They kept on worshiping as other gods did. And we all know God took them to the promised land, but they also lost it. God wants to set something in this house so that we are a beacon of hope for everyone in this community. That there is something different about this Dream Center lot. They carry themselves in a pattern. There is a something about when I go in their home. There is something about everything that they do and the way they do it. The way they talk about family. The way, they do, the way their kids respond to them. The way their parents respond. The way that we all work together. This can, can we see this morning how God is building us all into one beautiful body? But we must take what God has said. I didn't come up with these rules. I genuinely believe this is what God has given to us as a season. So I'm as accountable as you are. So why don't we just, well, can we go for it together? Can we really make a go of this together? Really, really put, put all that we have into this and see our house full of testimonies. Of, of families restored. And families not just restored, but families gone to new heights. Because I'm not saying every family in this, in, this, in this house is broken. But if you haven't got a broken family, let's have an even better, more prosperous family. A family that is safe. Amen? Come on, let's raise our hands to the Lord. Father God, we come to you this morning. We thank you that you don't send us on a mission without training us and giving us instruction. We thank you, God, that you give us specific instruction. We thank you, God, that you're showing us the way to go. You're revealing to us your heart for this season in this house. We thank you, God, that we are all living stones and that you are desiring to dwell amongst us for now and forevermore. So my God, right now, speak to every heart this, this, this week. Speak to every heart. Let every heart be opened. Let every vow be made. Let every sacrifice and offering be given. Let every place where you dwell be established in every home in, this, in, this, in the dream center. Father, let there be a home in every, let there be a place in every home where your presence dwells and is free to go. Father, let there be a place where every time we step into that room, the Holy Spirit manifests itself. Where understanding, where revelation can come, where healing can come. Oh my God, right now. Just guys, just start to pray to the Lord. Say, Father, I take these commands and I bring, put them into my heart. Just make that decision in your heart today. Lord, I, will, I make a vow to, 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 to heed the call of your word. To take hold of what you've said. Father God, we thank you this morning. We heed the call this morning, Lord.